Hi, welcome to JoyScore, offering tips and tools in health, fitness, and mindfulness. My name is Ellie Lund, and I have the pleasure of being your host today. I am so excited to kick off our second season with this amazing artist and dancer. Her name is Courtney Stamler. Courtney invites us to figure out how is it that we want to move in the world? What is it that we want to invite into our life? Or what is it that you're carrying in your body that you want to let go of? In an eye-opening, candid conversation, certified open floor dance instructor Courtney Stamler explores how dance can be a transformative experience of wholeness by healing the body, mind, and spirit. Courtney holds a safe space for people to be in their body, to listen and respond to their body in a way that helps them get unstuck. She paints vivid images of experiences dancing on the beach to the sounds of drums or dancing in pools of water in Costa Rica. She has amazing quotes that I just, I just took with me. They just lingered. They're so powerful. One of my favorite quotes was, the movement informs us and we are, if we are open to the possibilities and that's where healing can occur. She also said, dance is a constant inquiry where the answers reveal themselves. This is such an amazing podcast that really explores the possibilities of dance and movement in your body to really understand metaphorical and symbolic ways of unlocking the psyche, the mind, the spirit, and your physicality. I just can't say enough about it. I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. Just to tell you a little bit about Courtney, she offers uh, healing movement and dance instruction in Long Beach and around the world. She also teaches uh, groups, uh, small groups and larger groups of domestic and international retreats. She is a level two Reiki practitioner an open floor teacher and an earth magic practitioner and meditator. All of these things really inform her practice. It's just amazing. I will include information about her contact uh, information as well as affiliations with open floor and neonow.com. You can follow Courtney uh, on Instagram and uh, I have lots of hashtags. You can find her on Instagram with uh, Courtney Dance Journey at Courtney Dance Journey. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share it with a friend. And I just invite you to subscribe to the podcast if you haven't done so. We'd love to have you. And you'll have the new, the latest uh, podcast available on all of your favorite uh, streaming devices. And platforms. Thank you so much for your listen. Without further ado, here is Courtney Stamler. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm delighted to be here. Oh, oh my gosh, we're delighted to have you. So uh, tell us a little bit. I know that you've been dancing for a while and have been practicing uh, dance movement as a healing practice. So tell me why dance? Why dance? Well, first, I do want to point something out is that um, 
like all kids, when I was a kid, I had a childhood dream of being a professional ballerina <laughs> and being mm. a dancer. And for all kinds of reasons, that just wasn't supported in my family. So I never trained or had any formal dance training. And as I grew up, I just felt like I kind of missed missed out on something. But I discovered mm. dance in my 30s. Wow. And so I'm just sharing that because I guarantee you it's never too late. And during the times that I was teaching, people would come up to me all the time and say, what's your dance background? Mm. And I didn't have one. I don't have a formal wow. dance background. And I, over the years, would even have retired professional dancers show up in my class and ironically former ballerinas and they would all ask me that question what's your dance background and I don't have one I just (laughs) you know I dance because it feels so good in my body and Mm. so I just wanted to share that because I do often you know working with young people I know that it's just never too late to find your passion or start something that you've always wanted to do, even if it was, you know, 40 years later. (laughs) Well, um, just to tell you, you know, to answer your first question, why dance? I will say that dance is for everybody. And and I say, you know, everybody as in every body, it's every age, every fitness level. I've worked with, you know, young kids in middle school to one of my regular students. She's 85 years old. You know, dances beautifully. And so I really feel like everything in life for me is a dance. Everything Mm -hmm. has rhythm. We all have you know, all those expressions about, you know, beat to your own drum and all of that, because there's a vibration to everything we do. And so one of the, you know, the simple answer to your question of why dance is because it feels so good in the body and because Mm. everybody can do it. It's not about do it this way, like some other sports or practices. You just get to move the way your body wants to move. And that's why also it can be for every fitness level because, you know, you move to your level. You move to the way that it feels good to you. I totally feel you. I feel like what you're talking about is liberating. It's so completely liberating to be able to move in any way you want and not have any expectations of how you should move, how you should be, how you should act in that space of dance. Absolutely. It, liberating is is definitely the key word, and um, and it's so so safe and so personal. Mm. How is it safe for you? Tell me a little bit more about that. So, well, from a physical standpoint, for instance, I've you know, like many people, you know, worked through injuries. Um, I've even taught some really powerful classes with people sitting in a chair. Um, wow. I'm, you know, we're right now living in a pandemic and so we are dancing outside in a park and everyone's about mm-hmm. 20 feet away from each other. So it's completely safe in terms of, um, physicalities and distance, but the safety is 
that I create a safe space for people to come and be in their body. Mm. And so even if I'm guiding the movement, everyone's going to modify and move the way that feels good to them. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. And the safety part is there's no must do, have to, you know, do it this way. It's not the kind of, even if it's a dance fitness class, it's not the kind of fitness class where someone's, you know, screaming behind you going, do more, do more, burn more. Dance is such a joyful experience that people, when they're in their bodies, they're listening to their bodies and they're responding to what the body wants. So if the body wants to do more exertion, they're going to follow that thread. If the body's telling Mm -hmm. them to slow down, they will slow down. And that goes in alignment with, I typically dance barefoot. And Mm. my classes, people are encouraged to be barefoot. I mean, of course, it's an option. Um, But that's because we have so many, you know, about 7,000 nerve endings in each foot. And so when you dance barefoot, you are reminded to have a lot of balance. Wow. It's so grounding. Um, it's so grounding what you're talking about. And I, um, you also said something about it being very personal. You said dance is safe and personal. What does personal mean to you? It means that I get to be in my body and do it my way. And if I'm leading a class, each person, we are moving as a collective, but each person is moving their own natural way. Mm -hmm. Are they moving in in a natural way, but still imitating a certain movement or are they doing their own movement? So it depends on the class and it depends on what Mm -hmm. we're doing. But because some classes, um, when I teach Nia, there's a component of guided movement and free dance. Um, if I'm teaching a more open floor class, it's a lot more free dance, but either way, the invitation is, for example, you know, if you're working with breath or you're working with a particular anchor or body part, um, you're just inviting people, let's say, move your knees, but they're going to move their knees the way it feels right to them. Hmm. And what does anchor mean in the context of dance? So... Every class I teach, no matter what type of class it is, there's always a focus um, of the class. And the anchor is a body part that allows us to be grounded. So for example, yesterday I was teaching a group and our anchor was our hands. And so, and we were playing with sort um, goodbye and hello. So we were playing with, you know, what we were saying goodbye to in 2020 and what we were saying hello to coming up in 2021. Mm -hmm. And each hand kind of represented one side. But so the anchor is when you're moving, it's where you resource, where you always come back to that one piece. So whether it's, you know, moving your fingers or just looking at the palm of your hand in that sense or hand gestures, whether you're like shaking off your hands or any number of things. And people, you know, can be amazed at all the different ways we can move a body part. (laughs) 
you know, it's, it's interesting when I'm hearing you talk, I'm, I, I can just visualize my hands moving and making these signs or gesticulations or gestures, right. And saying goodbye and hello. And it brought my awareness to my hands and all the and touch and all the things that you invite in with your hands. And it's a metaphor for all the things we carry with us. So symbolic. Yes, and that's another reason that I love dance because it's just, um, it's a whole body experience. Hmm. I, you know, in contrast to that, I'm thinking of just like walking sometimes. Like when I walk to the lagoon or something, I'm not really aware that I'm walking. I'm just walking. I don't know. Just hearing you talk is bringing such a great sense of awareness to my entire body and the limitations of where my body ends and begins. And it's amazing just even hearing it. I can't imagine doing well, it. Well, yeah. And if you were ever sitting somewhere, um, not during a pandemic, of course, but like sitting in a cafe and just observing people walking, every person that walks by you has a unique rhythm to their walk. And so that's why when I say everything has a dance, it's because we all move to our own unique rhythms and our rhythm changes depending on what we're doing. But if wow. we think about that, it, it's just a reminder that we can all create our own rhythm and we decide how we want to move in the world. And that transfers from this dance movement into a different context in your reality, right? That's right. Because you can go to a dance class and or a fitness class and you can have a dance experience, but then you walk out the door after that. And how do you take that dance with you? How do you continue that dance in your life? Hmm. And how we all move you, in the world. Can you give me an example of that? Can you illustrate what that might have looked like for you? when you had taken a dance class or experience, um, is it a uh, floor, open floor or something, and then it transferred into a different space for you? Yes, absolutely. I, well, I'll give you a couple, but just going off of what I just taught yesterday, um, you know, we were exploring and playing with hello and goodbye and what we were saying goodbye to and what we were saying hello to. And of course, you know, there's this date on the calendar of a new year, but we also know that, you know, you do wake up the next day and it's just, it's just another day, right? But whatever people were moving with, they bring intention to that. They bring awareness. So if someone in the class was moving with, you know, saying goodbye to self-doubt and saying hello to greater acceptance of something, right? Then they have a physical gesture that they might want to work with. And any day of the week, at any time of the day, they can repeat that gesture. And it becomes a mindful activity. So I gave them different gestures and different tools to work with. And let's say you're just, you know, dropping your hands, like you're opening them up. You can just go for a walk around the block and do that. And it sends messages to your whole being about what is it you are saying goodbye to or letting go of? And what is it that you 
wish to embrace. And you can feel it in your walk, right? Am I walking with my head down or my head lifted? With my shoulders hunched or my chest open? You know, everything has a physicality to it. Wow, that's so deep. Yes, and on a deeper <laughs> level, I mean, I've I've had some very transformational experiences in dance. So there's transformation in the moment of just being joyful and, you know, sweating and having a sweaty, fun experience. That's transformational as much as having a really deep inquiry, uh, working through anything and having a tremendous you know, eye-opening experience that changes your awareness or having a huge release. I have experienced and witnessed people heal, you know, trauma on the dance floor. So it can be whatever you want it to be, really. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, um, I'm starting to sense a lot of what you're saying in terms of being aware of my body, being aware of my connection between my mind and my body, my emotion in my body, my creativity, my intention, um, walking with intention and um, flowing through space in a very cognizant way, in a very mindful way after after this experience. And it, for me, it's been a mindful dance, just that the conversation itself. <laughs> so, <Nice. wow. laughs> so tell me a little bit about, so you've been dancing for a while, even though you said you didn't have formal training, you have been dancing for a while and you started off talking a little bit about Nia. Can you tell us a little bit about your experience with Nia? And what yes. That is? So I was just somewhat new to Long Beach. Uh, I lived here just a couple years and I happened to pass by a yoga studio and I went to one yoga class. I saw a flyer for a, a dance workshop and I thought that looked fun and I went to the workshop and it was in my the second song. Um, this beautiful flowing music came on and all of a sudden everyone's you know kind of swaying and moving their body in a natural way. Um, not in a sort of exercise, fitness kind of stepping kind of way where you have to get the steps just right. And this sensation came over me and I kind of heard this little voice said, you're going to teach this. And <laughs> I know, and I was, had no idea what it was. I wasn't familiar with that voice at all. Um, and I just kept moving. And I continued to take classes and fall in love with this practice. And Nia was the first body, mind, spirit practice that I had found. And it's definitely wow. um, one of the first fusion fitness classes that embraces nine different movement forms. But it's really just that experience of wholeness. And it's a combination wow. of dance and martial arts and healing arts. So I there was a flavor for everything. And... I continue to, um, you know, teach or excuse me, take classes and then do the trainings and like martial arts, it has belt levels. So you can go all the way up to black belt, which I did. And it also, because it's dance, there's a community involved. And I started doing hmm. retreats and I traveled to India and I've made, you know, friends that are, you know, now people that I consider you know, friends for life. Wow. So it's been a really, really beautiful experience. And then 
I think like like any art form, once you start doing one form, you know, you start to play with others. So yep. doing dance, I started discovering other forms of conscious dance. Um, the mm. most common ones are you know, soul motion, five rhythms, and out of five rhythms, many of the faculty gave birth to um, what's called open floor. So mm. I followed that certification and I am now also a certified open floor instructor, and that includes um, just a very, very deep inquiry into all of the pieces we've been talking about, you know, body, mm. mind, heart, soul, full movement. Mm -hmm. Wow. Can you describe for us what an experience on open floor might look like yes, for our sure. listeners? So there's a stepping in, there's a moment of arriving. And just for me, it's about getting really present with where I am that day. And I'm, I'm describing this as a student, okay, if I'm attending a class. Um, and the music tends to be very, um, you know, kind of worldly music, very lively. It can be very lyrical. It's an opportunity. It's a, once again, a safe space to, to be in my body and to start to, we say in dance, move and include. So the, the movement piece is whatever is moving me the inclusion piece is include with whatever I'm working with that day. Um, it can be the focus that the teacher has set. It can be an emotion. It can be a thought. And I can follow that piece. And then there's also um, invitations to particular exercises. So they will do a lot of um, maybe pair work exercises or small group work exercises and a lot of movement and then there's always sort of a cool down and a closing. So that's sort of the, the sequence of a class. Hmm. There's a, there's a very strong subverbal component to that in the sense that um, it allows us to express our emotions in a way that we typically don't, um, you know, in conversation or relationship with others, we typically just talk about our emotions, or perhaps we might be journaling and writing. But this is, to me, it sounds like you're developing a vocabulary to express emotions and consciousness in a in a body way, in a way that's more encompassing of the area around you, the space around you. It is a vocabulary to express things, but I would say for me, it's a vocabulary to experience. Oh. And so it's really a sensory experience for me when I dance or when I'm mm. teaching. It's just there's a creative process that, that occurs and it's a very, it's a very healing process. So sometimes on the dance floor, you'll see people um, writing or drawing or taking notes because something has really moved them. 
sometimes people, you know, tears start shedding because something has moved them. There can also be joy and shouting and <laughs> all kinds of, you know, human emotions. Because I yeah. also think in our culture, we, we all hold a lot in. And the body is this yeah. container for so many things. And sometimes people don't even realize, you know, maybe what they're releasing or what needs to be released. That's so beautiful. It really takes me back to the times that I had dance flamenco in Long Beach and the culture, the Spanish culture or, you know, Arabic culture, the all, all Jewish, everything that contributed to flamenco was a community, a dancer, a singer, a, a, a guitarist. And there's synergy that takes place within that community that holds the space for the emotions that arise from the dancer and actually the synergy between the three. You know, it was as if, at least in that moment of um, community, you mentioned community earlier, dancing in community, it was holding a space for the experience of that moment, but also everything that came into that experience from other like, I don't know, even time and space. And it was just amazing what you're describing. Oh my gosh, that's so wonderful. So how long have you been doing this conscious dance? What, what's your evolution in the dance been like? Well, like I said, I, I started teaching Nia in 2004. And I would say I started dancing um, other forms of dance in 2009. Um, and at the same time, I feel like I've must've been a dancer in another lifetime. <laughs> yes. And I just feel like dance is just this infinite joy that we all have. I mean, one of the things that also draws me to dance is how it is something that is experienced in every culture around the world. Yes. And this commonality of every culture uses dance to celebrate whether it's a birth or a wedding or any festivity, dance is a part of everyone's life celebration. And so it's a way of connecting. And in mm. the dance community that we have here in Long Beach, I have people that have been dancing with me from studio to studio to to the park <laughs> right now <laughs> for 15 years. Wow. Yeah. And so that's there in this community. We, we are, you know, here supporting each other's joy and having a dance class or a health fitness class. And we're also supporting each other through, you know, life and death and parenting or divorce or big life transitions, you know, holding space for one another and mm -hmm. celebrating our triumphs and our tragedies and supporting each other in that way. And so that's the other thing that I think people look forward to coming to is not only the movement part, but they feel a part of a tribe and we all need that. We all long to belong. That's oh, beautiful. Wow. That's so intense. It and is it really beautiful. And I just, um, 
in thinking about this conversation today, I was reminded of one of my idols and mentors, Anna Halperin. She's just a pioneer in the dance community. And she said to me once when I was working with her, she said that dance is the mother of all the arts. And I said, why is that? And she said, because the body is the instrument. Mm. And so I really, I really do honor that because I don't need anything other than me <laughs> to go yeah. to a dance class. And wow. it's just the music starts and we can all move in the way that feels natural and feels good. Yeah, oh, it's wonderful. Sometimes I feel like I need a little permission. I don't know. Maybe some people do. I know sometimes I do need a little permission to kind of let go, you know, because you have to act a certain way, you know, in different contexts and stuff. And I just feel like the space that you're describing is just such a wonderful invitation to, like, let go and let be, you know? Well, I'm glad you said that because you're right. We do need permission. Um, right now, to, to say... I mean, a lot of people are dancing on Zoom, which is a beautiful tool to help people stay connected. Um, but when I decided to take it outside into the park, I mean, that's a really vulnerable thing for some people. You know, people are walking their dogs and walking by and, you know, I'm out there like, do, 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 just dance around. Like, <laughs> I mean, for some people, but... What's interesting is that once people get past that vulnerability, and as the facilitator, I'm giving that permission. I'm holding space for people to kind of get past that hesitation, get past, the, there's a vulnerability for sure. Um, and what people find once they let go, and they're not sort of paying attention to who's watching, um, passerbys are like, hey, can I join? Oh my gosh. That's I, so beautiful. Yeah. I The first time I would do, um, I used to do a lot of jams on the beach and we might uh, dance to a drum jam or something on the beach. And I've never had one where just people passing by didn't just stop whatever they were doing and join us. Because it's so inviting, you know, who doesn't, so awesome. who doesn't love, you know, hearing the sound of a drum and being in the sand and to move. Yeah, that's so great. So liberating. It we're is so, so liberating. And we're like, you know, probably having this conversation, wanting to jump out of our seats because we've all been so restricted for so long in the last few months. Right. Yeah. So it is a reminder that, um, you know, there are these ways to connect, whether it's in a virtual environment or an outdoor space right now, but also for me personally, and, and I say this because I have to remind myself as well, anytime that I am stuck with anything, really all I have to do is play a song. Mm. And I can start moving and I can get unstuck. Hmm. That's brilliant. 
It's interesting you said that playing a song. You know, when I paint and I've been painting for, oh my gosh, 25 years now. And I always paint flamenco. It's the guitar and the wrenching sounds of, of the woman bellowing these like, like these sounds from the origin of time, you know, and I always paint with my entire body. So I'm just like moving and my whole like arm, you know, not just a hand, but the whole arm and, and there's such an interaction between the music and the movement and the painting that is out of this world. It is just I, I can just I can just almost imagine you dancing with your with your tribe on the beach and I don't know there's a connection a soulful connection that happens when you see that or you participate in it that enlivens you like you feel like oh my gosh I just got a blood transfusion I'm alive <laughs> that's right and you you know it's because you're when you are painting you're you're celebrating your gifts and you're celebrating your uniqueness and whatever I'm sure mood you're in when you're painting, it can be so transformational. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's also my experience with dance because, you know, depending on our mood or depending on what, whatever we're working with in life or whatever stage of life we're in, we will move differently. Mm. But that movement informs us and it, when we are open to that possibility, you know, the, the healing powers and the can occur and the transformation can occur. Hmm. You know, you mentioned earlier this, uh, just listening to you speak, uh, reminded me something that you had mentioned earlier that I was wondering if you could share with our listeners is the idea of embodiment and what embodiment means to you. Well, in the simplest form, I would say that embodiment to me is when you walk your walk and talk your talk. And it means that whatever you are offering, it's not an idea. It's something that is really in you and you stand in that place and you deliver in a very authentic way. So... One of the ways I explain it to some students would be like, you know, we've all had those people in our lives that say one thing but do another, right? Mm -hmm. Or that boss that maybe preaches something but doesn't really follow through themselves, right? Um, versus the one who really leads by example. Mm. So when something that I embody, you know, it's not, if you say like, oh, we all need to be compassionate, but then behind the scenes, you're judging other people all the time. That's not somebody who walks their walk, right? Mm -hmm. so embodiment to me is that person who doesn't preach about compassion, but is in fact a very compassionate person. And that is a part of their aura. And when people are in their presence, they feel it and they're drawn mm. to that. So embodiment for me is really when I've learned something, I've practiced it, and I've practiced it to the degree that I can stand in that place of embodiment. Like it's a light within me, if that makes mm. sense. Mm -hmm. 
And how does that, uh, how is that illustrated in the dance context? Is that something that you work with as you are teaching your classes or? Um, well, as I said, I am, when I am teaching, I'm holding space for others mm -hmm. to have an experience. Mm -hmm. So I'm not necessarily transferring an experience to them. I am holding space for everybody to have their own experience. But for example, there's also a communal experience. So there's typically always an experience of joy, mm. right? Um, but in terms of the healing components, I think that's unique to each person. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I... Yeah, I'm hearing working with integrity being genuine, being congruent with self. I'm sorry, you cut out and, for just a second. I didn't hear at the beginning. Oh, yeah. Uh, like uh, when you were talking about embodiment, I was uh, thinking of, uh, you know, just being with integrity, like moving forward with integrity, moving forward with genuine self, with congruence, right? So that what I'm saying is congruent with what right. I'm doing. And I think in dance, uh, I remember my first uh, my first experiences dancing. I was just trying to imitate my mm -hmm. teacher. I was trying to imitate her moves, and then after I developed a vocabulary around the moves, when um, flamenco with you know the footwork and the arms and this that and the other, I kind of let go and started moving with the same type of vocabulary, but in my own genuine self. Like it was an uncovering of who I was. I I wasn't genuine when I first started, I believe, because I was like trying to imitate something or trying to look a certain way in the flamenco. But once I released that, and I don't know what happened <clears throat> for me to release it, but I did, the, the inner self started coming out and expressing itself. And I became, I believe, more genuine in my own dance and expression, which I think might have <clears throat> transferred into different parts of my life in terms of talking to other people, relating to other people, or moving through work in a way that was more assertive, that I hadn't, I didn't realize I was assertive, or could be assertive, and all of a sudden I started being assertive. That's so, right, because you found like, in each case, you know, whether you've, if, if it's an artist finding their own um, flair, or someone finding their own voice, right? In, in early stages of yes. anything, we're all imitating, we're all copying to a certain degree, right? Because we're following, mm -hmm. like, oh, this person has something to teach me, so I want to show up and, and follow. Mm -hmm. And also, that's a fun component when, when we're dancing or doing an exercise, you know, whatever we're playing with, we might be the follower and someone might be the leader in an exercise. And that can be good because there's something that informs both sides. Right? Mm -hmm. Like personally, because I'm a mom and a teacher, I'm often leading and I love to follow. I love when someone else takes the lead. It's so, um, <laughs> you know, there's this kind of a relief or a breath of fresh air when I don't have to be in charge. <laughs> Yeah. Right? And so 
there's all of those pieces too. Or, I mean, there's, and I mean, follow like um, maybe someone's leading a movement and I'm imitating because I want to have um, experienced that physical gesture. Right. And because it informs, it also informs me, right? Or we often work on being a witness. So, because mm. that is very educational as well. Yeah. You know, it takes me back to like having a little baby start talking. You know how you start imitating sounds and you kind of imitate facial expressions and you're looking at your mama's eyes and you're, you know, kind of like reading and everything and just developing your own vocabulary. Because they're mirroring back to you. Babies start smiling because we're smiling at them. And that's also why, um, you know, why do babies love to, they learn to walk faster when they're barefoot. Oh, they don't want to wear all those cute shoes that people buy for them. <laughs> I mean, it's adorable, but, you know, a baby feels so much better without shoes on because, right, oh, and they sense, find, right? You that's right, and they find their balance, and it's so much more fun to play with and put those toes in their mouth, right, <laughs> and roll around on the floor, and that's, um, you know, I'm glad you brought that up because that's just another thing about dance is we get to be so playful, you know, because oh. life just gets a little too serious sometimes. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's such a great place to be in that playful mode. And, you know, gosh, we didn't even talk about like the concept of using your right brain. You know, you alluded to it so many times in your discussion, just the concept of using your right brain to move in ways and being like, right left hemisphere kind of stuff going on in terms of coordination and movement and letting go and yes so also you know that's the yin and yang of you know being a human being and working with our masculine energies and our feminine energies so that that right and left side um balancing ourselves out right and getting in touch with all of that that's why sometimes in a nia class Uh you'll hear people you know shouting and doing martial art gestures with blocks and kicks and saying yes, no, because it's an important aspect of life. Um, all of the things that we talked about encompass so much. The idea of uh, medicine, movement as medicine, as fitness, healing, and creative expression community. I just wanted to, before we leave, I just wanted to touch bases on your um, on your healing because you're also a healer and not all dancers are healers. So I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about your experience in healing and how that impacts your dance instruction. Absolutely, and I would say yes, we, we can talk about all of these things, but if I had to narrow it down to three things that I get the most out of dance, I would say it is joy, um, as we talked about the sort of the celebration aspect, and the, it is healing, and it is community. And so in terms of healing, I would say, well, there's, of course, a fitness aspect of it. Um, That's just fun. It is healing because it is a whole body, whole being experience. And to me, health is that. It's not, it could never just be a, um, 
how can I say, just a physical experience, right? There's always an emotional component. Mm -hmm. There's a mental component. There's a spiritual component. And because we are made up of all these components and we crave all these components in our lives, um, that's the creative trusting place when something feels really whole, as you mentioned earlier, when you, you know, when you find your voice, it's because you feel so authentic and it feels so Mm -hmm. genuine. And the healing components for me, like I said, it can be, it can be physical from an injury. It can be, um, as I said, you can dance in a chair. I've had dance classes in the water. Um, Yeah, I was teaching at a retreat in Costa Rica and it's, you know, pretty darn hot. And next thing you know, it's like, why do we want to be in a studio? We just jumped in the pool and then we were doing, you know, like Aquania or something. Um, But, and as I said, it can, it can heal, um, you know, any trauma. That's why, you know, we have these sayings like your cells carry everything. Right? People will say the body keeps the score. That's that's even a title of a of a well known book. Um, you know, the body knows, and I think it's something to honor. You know, that's why in some practices and tribes, you know, the body is referred to as like a temple. It's sort of this sacred entity. And it really is just a container, though, for all of our emotions and thoughts and experiences and memories and um, that we get to play with. That's beautiful. I <laughs> just I can't get over how beautiful that is, especially knowing the uh, finite nature of our body, you know, that we hear for just this short, short time. It seems to get shorter every day. (laughs) And how wonderful to take advantage of, you know, being in our body and feeling that joy and, you know, feeling that healing that comes with every movement. Thank you. And I I feel like maybe I've been a little bit repetitive in in answering some of your questions, but I guess I would say for me, um, dance is just this, it's like a constant inquiry where the answers reveal themselves. So in other words, if I'm ever stuck with something, I don't have to do anything because I know eventually the answer is going to show up on the dance floor. (laughs) Right? As long as I'm willing to go there. Right? As long as I'm willing to let, let it unfold. And if I'm physically stuck, I can just move it and get maybe physically unstuck or mentally I can, and I see this happen with my students all the time, but you know, someone can come in and feel a little stuck with something and then later leave feeling a sense of possibility. Hmm. So I would just say that, yeah, like Halpern says, your body is this instrument that can play a lot of tunes for you. <laughs> and let, yeah. you know, whether it's sort of the beat of your heart or, you know, the pulse of your, of your bloodstream, you know, it just, it will play out for you. 
awesome. That was just awesome. <laughs> I know. I can't wait to dance <laughs> with you. I can't wait either. Hey, now that you said that, I was wondering if you could tell our listeners where we could reach you, where we can see your classes or take your classes. You know, I know you're local in Long Beach. Can you tell us a little bit about that and some contact yes. information? Yeah, I'm, I'm on Facebook, like most people, Courtney Stamler, and right now my classes are being held Sundays at 10 in a local park next to the Colorado Lagoon, because we have this very vast open space and, you know, plenty of trees to kind of inspire us. And there we are at 10 o'clock on Sundays, and some people say, you know, it's their church. <laughs> Because they just get to come and, and have a really um, joyful, happy healing experience. Awesome. All right. And with that, we'd like to invite you all to experience the joy and dance and, and be free and be genuine and congruent. And, you know, just walk in this wonderful space as this new year begins. And Courtney, I just wanted to thank you so much for being thank here. Thank you again us. for having me. And yes, I do look forward to whether it's, you know, dancing in the park with you or dancing in a future studio. I, I look forward to that as well. Um, but most of all, I look forward to just facilitating a space for you to move in the world the way that feels great for you. Awesome. Namaste. Namaste. Thank you. That concludes the end of this podcast. Thank you so much for listening. It's a pleasure having you on the podcast. This podcast is available on Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts, or your favorite podcast platform. If you haven't done so, please rate and review the podcast. We'd love to hear from you. Additionally, if you haven't downloaded that JoyScore app, I really um, encourage you to do so. It's a wonderful app with a lot of tools and tips that really help decrease um, stress and increase a sense of well-being and hopefully bring you a higher sense of joy. Thank you so much for listening. See you next time. Bye.